It is Tuesday, February 2nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. It is Tuesday, February 2nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. It is Tuesday. You get the point. It's Groundhog Day. Tom Brady retired. Here's the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination. We are... I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> it's enough. Enough is enough. <laughs> All right. It's Groundhog Day. We it's 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 the joke we make every single year, and if you're not making this joke, then you and we just can't be friends. This is the first Groundhog Day we've worked together. Yeah, and you picked you were spot on. I told you I was gonna do something fun with the open, and you picked up on it immediately. Not quite the way you wanted, but no, I, but you picked up on yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. knew I wanted to make a Groundhog Day joke, so we did a Groundhog Day <laughs> joke, right? Ned Ryerson, <laughs> watch that first step. It's a doozy. Oh, what a great movie! <laughs> it's a classic movie what we should have done is come in with Sonny and share okay that's what we should have yeah. done but now it's like i got buyers well, put your yeah. little hand in yeah, mine yeah but now, now it's not buyer's remorse or fomo like i'm just like i like we didn't think of it at the time yeah and now i regret it immediately yeah. so we want to start over it is Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's go right to the Vegas lead. It's Tom Brady retiring. That's the biggest story that that rocked the sports world yesterday. At least if we're not talking about the big WNBA news with Brianna Stewart joining up with <laughs> Sabrina Ionescu in New York. But yeah, Tom Brady. Huge. Tom Brady called it quits, and this time it's it's for good. Like I believe him when he says this is. This is it. Like, he, he's not going to do what he did last year and go back on his decision and come back. Did you believe him last year? No. Okay. Never believed him last year. But this I like the video. He came out. He talked about how uh, last year he did the whole emotional essay. This year it's just going to be a video on social media. Boom, he's done. I feel like – let me ask you this question. Let's, let me put it this way. Do you think Tom Brady, in retrospect, wishes he would have stayed retired? Well, yeah, considering how bad the season went for us. Like, do you feel like this, I mean, obviously, uh, although we don't know. I wouldn't say taint, but this certainly is a. I think that we talked about this briefly on the Dream Pod, and we're going to hear from R.J. Bell and Steve Fezza coming up in just a couple of minutes on the legacy of Tom Brady. But I think with everything going on in his life, you know, the divorce and whatnot, football was the escape for him. And if you are to believe that this divorce was in the works prior to the the offseason and prior to his 10-day hiatus that he took during training camp, then he was just finalizing details. Playing football was the best thing for him probably yeah. this year. No, I agree. So I don't think he feels like he tainted anything or he made the wrong decision coming back. But it does feel like... This was the first time ever that he wasn't having success at football. And it was probably humbling. And I don't know. I, may, I Maybe it's one of those things that ends up being good for him in life. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is something that he'd never experienced before. Like, people not expecting him to win. It, it was it was different, especially yeah. by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, people were like, oh, yeah, the Bucks suck. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, they're winning their crummy division, but they're, they're no threat. Like, of course they're going to get blown out in the playoffs. And, I mean, he's never – like, no one's ever counted Brady out. Well, I shouldn't say ever. It's been a long time since mm-hmm. Brady was counted out. And it probably didn't feel great, especially because, like, the first time Brady got counted out, people looked like assholes for counting him out. Like, you look like a dope. Why mm-hmm. would you, you – oh, I'm a – I'm a sixth-round pick. I can't do this. I can't do that. Watch this. I win. But when people doubt you and then you fail, ooh, that's a humbling experience for a guy who's never really experienced failure. What did you make of the timing? Uh, to me, I think this – I think it has to do with – and I don't know because he could have appeared – Tom Brady's going to be a part of the Super Bowl coverage next week. I think he has to be. First off, he signed the massive Fox contract. Fox has the Super Bowl. It would only make sense for them to use him. Yeah. He could have still appeared on Fox as a player. Sure. If he was still, or he's a free agent, so he could have just appeared on Fox. So I don't know if the timing had to do with him uh, being able to be on the broadcast, but I do think the timing has to do with him maybe not fielding questions about his future on the broadcast and maybe not making his appearance on the Super Bowl coverage about him. Because you know if Tom Brady appears in any Super Bowl coverage, it doesn't matter who's sitting at the desk next to him and how many times a producer says, don't ask him, somebody's going to say something about, hey, Tom, how about that situation in San Francisco? Hey, Tom, how about that situation in, in Las Vegas? Could you see yourself playing for any of these teams? Sure. Now, it's not about him anymore because he's done. Yeah, it felt like, so, and this is, you know, Famous athletes, who knows what they're thinking, but it felt like a selfless time to do it, like a time where he wasn't going to take attention away from the game. It's the week in between. It's, it's yeah, this Pro is Bowl. the dead time. Yeah, like had he done this like the Thursday before the Super Bowl, you'd be like, oh, that's a that's a dick. Move. Yeah, or during the NBA Finals, who did that? Who opted out? No, oh no, it was Alex Rodriguez during the World Series when he, yeah, uh, yeah, he yeah. opted out or whatever during the World Series because I mean, making it all about him. Yeah. Right. So this felt like Tom Brady trying not to make it all about him. And it, it, it seems very – it seems up Tom Brady's alley, actually, to do it that way. So uh, I have a lot of respect for the way he did it. I think that it was, like, not making a big deal of it. Uh, and like he said, if, if – I made a big deal of it last year. Everybody made a big deal mm-hmm. of it. He didn't want it to be like a big farewell tour or anything like that, which once you do that once, it's kind of like, okay, that's it. It's like if you uh, if you get married once and you got kids and all that stuff, the second time you get married, you can't have some elaborate wedding and think everybody's going to show up and bring all these gifts. Like, we've already done that once. Did you, you have a bachelor party? Yeah. But you can't, I mean, you can't have a... You can't expect people to go to a destination wedding for yes, your second wedding. Yes. When they've already done it for your first wedding. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. You, we've been, we've been that's there. why I managed to stay single all these years. Yes. Oh, really? That's why? Good move. <laughs> uh, no, I, I kid. I kid. But, it's you know, you you only get wedding presents once. Like, I'm not, mm. I'm not buying you a slow cooker for your second marriage, even if you put it on your registry. It, I'm sorry. You can't do it. So Brady already had his flowers. Mm-hmm. He didn't ask for more. I appreciate that. We had a great conversation on the Dream Pod about the legacy of Tom Brady featuring R.J. Bell, Steve Fezzik, myself, and A.J. Hoff. I'm going to go over a couple stats that are pretty shocking that show the greatness of Brady. All right, so his ATS record, so we focus on against the spread. In his regular season career, 188. 135 and 10 pushes. 
That's 58%. So you're saying if we bet on Tom Brady every single regular season game of his career, Mm -hmm. we would have turned a nice profit. When he started, yes. 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 Okay. In the playoffs, now this is surprising. 53% only. 25, 22, and 1. So he's 35 and 13. Jeez, imagine that. Only 13 times was he ever beat in the playoffs. 35 and 13. Uh, straight up. Okay. Now, here is the sign of his greatness, in my opinion. 58%. Yeah. Off a loss. All right. He had 69 <laughs> times off a loss. 61%. 42 and 27 straight up. No, oh, ATS. Oh, I'm sorry. ATS. Yes. 42 and 27. ATS. 70% straight up. 61% ATS. Thank you. Off two losses. He's only was off two losses 17 times in his career. <laughs> so it's le- think about that. It's less than once a year, 11 and 6 against the spread. Now, here's what's fascinating 15 and 2 straight up off two losses. And one of those times came this season. Okay. So coming into this year, he that had happened once ever. A team, his, his team losing three games. Three yeah, straight games. Up. Yeah. <laughs> losing more than two games in a row once That's wild. in his first 22. Well, I guess he didn't quarterback his first year. So let's say 21 seasons. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, and then finally as an underdog, he was an underdog 64 times, 66% against the spread. 41 and 21, two pushes. So... At, off a loss, 61%. Off two losses, 65%. Off, or as an underdog, 66%. That's the way to look at coaches and, and quarterbacks. How do they do off losses? How do they do as an underdog? Mckenzie, who's mute at this point, most career playoff wins. Uh, this one's gone around. Oh, my God. It's more than double. Brady with 35, Montana with 16. Peyton Manning with 14. So he's got more than the next two on the list combined. Now, what's fat? Yes. With like who, those so two guys. Who, double, even if you double the second one, he's got more. Those two guys who the people will argue, like that's the that's the argument for greatest quarterback of all time, usually comes down to one of those three guys, right? Well, I'd say Elway is usually in the conversation. Um, Wait a minute. How many does Mahomes have? How many uh, playoff wins? Less yeah. than 14? <laughs> Doesn't seem possible. What do you mean? It's been DFC. Championship game five straight years. Yeah, but they've, yeah, been, so they've been the one. So yeah, that's years, a good point. So they had buy it. That's, a, that's yeah. a good point. Okay, yeah. so you got two instead of three. All right, or one. Or one. Yeah, if they all win right. and lose it. Yeah, yeah he's right. got ten wins. All right, I, he's got a little ways to go. Though it is interesting, if he would have beat uh, Brady in the Super Bowl, he gets up to two, and then Brady's at six. It becomes so much more likely of catching him. You know, I don't know it was likely, but it's still now when it went to seven one, which it still is, it's like, man, now you got a spread of six to catch up instead of four. And if you look at this year, the final four teams, and I know this is a weird year, uh-huh. you throw a blanket over the four teams. They all were about three to mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, that's really good to get the final four. You gotta do that. Uh, 20 times to get five titles. Which actually makes the point uh, that Brady, a lot of people said they were in a weak AFC East, right? And the Jets weren't any good most of that time. Miami wasn't any good most Mm. of that time. Buffalo wasn't any good most of that time. But then you think, okay, they made, uh, I think it's 
13 championship games can you uh and they had seven super bowls now if you really think of fez's math you'd have to go to 28 championship games Mm -hmm. to get to seven super bowls right you're gonna win one one of four times you get to a championship round you're gonna win a super bowl right right so seven i mean so if you think about it they've they've done double as well if not a little bit more they've won more than double the super bowls they should have so they've done exceptionally well in those two rounds too Mm-hmm. Right, and I say they, but Brady obviously wasn't with Belichick for the last one. So uh, yeah, thirteen appearances in the AFC Championship game. So it was in the AFC. So he had fourteen in total. Yes. Okay. So fourteen appearances, and he should they should have had one fourth of that Super Bowls, or he should have had, but he had half. Was seven and three? Ten Super Bowls, right? Yeah. So the seven and three in the Super Bowl. So in fourteen appearances. Mm-hmm. He, they made they won the championship game or he ten, won the championship times. game ten times <laughs> and the Super Bowl seven times out of fourteen. Mm. So half the time he made it to a round with two wins to go, he won it. That's wild. And it is wild to think, and I like it better this way that almost every Super Bowl they could have lost. Yeah, almost every one, right? Because I mean, the Philly one, I, I the first Philly one against Andy Reid. Well, McNabb's throwing up the whole time. Yeah, but that whole <laughs> that dry- was probably the one that was the stretch. That one they kind of had control. I agree. I agree. But they were they could have lost to Carolina. They easily could have lost that game. They were tied at the end, right? And then they were tied at the end against the Rams, the fourteen point dogs, the first time. Mm-hmm. The second time was such a low scoring game. Any fluke could have won it against the Rams. You know that's that, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm like forgetting the one where we we were you know in the city for for the Super Bowl. That that, that was probably the cleanest, the thirteen to three win against the Rams and Goff. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, well, that was clean, but still, when it's that low scoring, you never know. Right? Yeah, and even that Philly game, like it's a three point game. They could have won. Oh, that Philly game, they should have. I mean, that one felt. Listen, whoever wants to complain about modern era coaching, which sometimes I'm a skeptic of that, Fez loves it more. Philly only won that because of it, because no one else was doing what they were doing at the time, Philly. And they went for it on fourth. They they were playing like they had nothing to lose. And that's the only way they won that game. High variance, and they rolled a bunch of sevens, Philly. Yes. And, I mean, give them credit for sure. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, man, they could have won that. But the funny thing is they could have been – they could have been nine and one in those Super Bowls, maybe. I mean, which one was the one they should have lost for sure? Well, the Malcolm Atlanta, Butler, the Malcolm Butler oh. interception. Yeah, they right? should have lost the Atlanta. Yeah. That's the only one. Well, no, the, that was the a, Seattle one. I mean, it, it, Seattle was the favorite it, at that point. But I'm saying, if you hand the football off, and but that was well, that, that was, lose that yeah, game. But but yeah. but but, but that, that goes back to the fourth quarter wind shear shouldn't come down to like the final two minutes, like that reception Seattle got in to get into the red zone with the balls. But, but like you can make the same point about the the, the Edelman catch in the Falcon. I can game. make the same point about the other the Edelman. You guys are. Making all the points. The other replacement. What's the other slow white dude that dropped? But he dropped the ball. Wes Walker. Yeah, yeah he hey, should have caught that. that listen, was Brady game? can't throw it and catch it. All exactly. Right? <laughs> but 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 I think you guys are making the point. You could make the case that he should he would have won one or two. How does Wes Walker not catch that ball? Uh, but even Wes Welker should have caught it. Yeah, I don't know which 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 Super Bowl that was. Was that that wasn't the most recent? Uh, that was 2012. That was 2012. Yeah. Oh, the Welker one. Yeah, the Welker drop. I don't think that was a drop. That was against the Giants, yeah. Okay, okay. I think he catches at like 70%. Freeze it. Like, he's caught it all year long. But back to, real quick, back to the Seattle game, is at the point where the clock's ticking down, and to me the greatest brilliance of Belichick was not calling a timeout there. Is he? I mean, it shows you he, he's, it's always about what's happening on the field, not what you pre-plan. Mm. 
And I mean, they had the NFL, like they had the NFL film of that. And if I recall, it's like he's going, someone's saying time out or whatever. He's going, no, let's wait, let's wait. He goes, no, we're not, we're going to go, we're going to go. And it's like, wow, what guts. Yeah. I mean, and you think about Because he saw the look and he knew that they, they were, were prepared fine. for it's it. It's like yeah. Jody Foster in contact. I'm good to go. <laughs> but, but in a way, I think from what I heard, it was he saw that they were kind of discombobulated who was going out on mm-hmm. the field. And it was like, yeah. okay, let them, you know. But again, it was, it was amazing. But they, See, I, I, to me, you don't have a lot of bad talk radio takes, Scott, but I think that's one of them. The guys that really understand, and I don't, they say if they would have run there, they would have got slammed. The, the, the defense was enticing them to pass and that because they were so jammed up mm. that it would have been hard. Now, again, they had beast mode, so maybe yeah. it would have broken. But um, I don't – I mean, have you ever heard anyone talk about – maybe next time you talk to your Lance, ask him about that. Okay. The, yeah. the, the scout guy. But I just go by what I hear. But they, I've heard a lot of people poo-poo that, that talking point that, oh, if he just would have ran them yeah. all. But Russell Wilson, they said let him cook. <laughs> could have let him cook on a naked bootleg and he would have walked in. Of those 13 losses in the playoffs? Uh-huh. Only four of them by double digits. So even when they lost, he was in those games. Like, Yeah, I mean, you, uh, it's an amazing career, no doubt about it. Last thing, round the horn. You said most accomplished but not the greatest. So who's who was the greatest? I, I think Manning, for me, is, is the greatest regular season quarterback I've ever seen. Okay. And, and there's the things – my father used to always say this, and, and I t- I've mentioned this a lot on shows – the measure of, to him, a great quarterback or the greatest quarterback, it's who you do not want to give the ball back to with under two minutes in the game on the line. Like if you're the opposing so team, is going to be on a high on this seriously, list. Seriously, yes, yes. But it used to be Elway. Elway was the guy, and part of the drive had something to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. But it was if you're if you took the lead with under two minutes left and you're kicking the ball off, you do not want John Elway to have the football. To me, that's Peyton Manning. If I had, oh, really? if I had one drive, well, maybe now Mahomes would certainly be mm-hmm. in the conversation. But prior to the last couple of years, if I had one drive, ninety seconds to get down the field, Peyton Manning's my quarterback. Here, here's what I don't like about this. Now we're like splitting hairs on best regular season quarterback. That makes Peyton Manning the greatest. No, like, not what, the greatest. I think he's saying. He's the greatest over the most number of games. Now the question is how important. I mean, here's the point I'd make counter to his, and then you know, jump in. Is Brady played well enough in the regular season to make the playoffs every year he started? Mm-hmm. The, you know, more than half the games, right? The only year they missed was when he blew out his knee. Yeah. So it's like every year he made the playoffs, and then he he was the best in the playoffs. So it's kind of hard to say he didn't do enough in the regular season. Yeah. But but but. Manning won five MVPs. No, I agree. Manning was a better regular season quarterback. So here's been I was a kid when this was happening. Scott was a kid. So you guys were probably had a better understanding of what greatness was in football at this time. But when I was a kid, there was no argument over who's better, Joe Montana or Dan Marino. And, oh. But if you look at the numbers, it's like, how no, could that, you not say Dan Marino? It was a, if anything, it was a three way argument. It was always Marino. Uh, Montana and Elway, but that by the was, time by the time Joe Montana's career was over, there was no more talk about if Dan Marino was better than Joe Montana. No, it was the it was. I mean, again, being in the the '90s, being in my you know early 20s, I can tell you what the talk was. It was the same as this. It was Dan Marino was the better quarterback, 
and 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 Montana won. Was the better winner. Well, yeah, that that was and, okay. And to this day, I think Marino must was the best quarterback I've ever seen relative to the competition. Meaning back then people were completing fifty two percent of their passes, and Marino in eighty four had a year that was no one's ever seen before. He, you know, that was like one of those quantum leap years. And Marino, a lot of people remember him limping around at the end with the bad Achilles. Mm-hmm. He was a monster. I mean, the fact he only made one Super Bowl, or yeah, he only made yeah, one. To right? me, to me, those three, it's 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 the parallel to Brady, Breeze, and Manning. Well, does Breeze? Did anyone ever think Breeze? Like the problem is Breeze got, got the Super numbers. Bowl. And like, yeah, he's got the it, numbers. Because yeah, Marino never won a Super Bowl, yeah. he can't be comp to any of those guys. Because otherwise, I think if Marino ever won one Super Bowl, he'd be way more in the overall conversation than he is. And maybe his bad work on TVs hurt things too. <laughs> but no that doubt. Ace Ventura, he was strong. <laughs> All right. So what what do you what would you say? How would you encapsulate Brady's career? I can't I, I can't argue that I, I think Brady's the best quarterback ever. Okay. Like I, I I'm with Scott. Like if you said who's who's got better mechanics, who's got a better no, 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 like no, we're saying who produced more in the regular season. Well, in the regular season, yeah, I guess so. It's a, it's a Manning or a or a Marino, yeah, but, but I that's think, not the I guys I'm Manning, looking for. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, no, I agree, I agree. But then people say ring culture is wrong. If you just count the rings, that's wrong. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I I think here's the thing: the math guys, and we'll segue to Fez. The math guys want to say there is no, no, no such thing as clutch. That is an important tenant. Of the mathematics community, it, there is no such thing as clutch. Thus, you could say Brady won or didn't win. It was random. He got him there, and some days he just w- came up more sevens than than snake eyes. Fez, where do you come down? It wasn't random. He was clutch, like like oh, um, you're out of the club, like Tony Perez was for the Reds. Um, <laughs> hey, he, he, Peyton Manning was tremendous in the regular season. He had a flaw, and his flaw was when things were wasn't clutch. When things he wasn't clutch. When things weren't going well, he'd have that shake the head, you know, get to I know Brady would throw and break laptops and things, but Brady was much more engaged and Manning would disengage to the point where there was one one famous playoff game where he lost like like at a pick him like 3 to 20 or 20 to 3 someone might might say that, <laughs> to New England and it's like Brady would never have a game like that where he just couldn't do anything all game long with his offense but how much of that was Belichick shutting down Peyton Manning but you know part of it and part of it was Manning unable to make the, you know the adjustments and being able to handle it and working with his team to be able to get like one touchdown imagine Brady not getting a touchdown in a um, in a key playoff game so here's the thing people forget now and this is the last word on Brady is up until his 37th year, 37, let's say 37-year-old season is how they say it, Brady had won three Super Bowls, and he hadn't won a Super Bowl for 10 years, right? So he won three in four years, right? He won the first, didn't make the playoff. I guess they didn't make the playoffs his second year, so he didn't. And then they, uh, they I know they didn't. Um, they were seven, if I'm not mistaken, seven and nine. Uh, and then they won it twice, right? Okay. Then Randy Moss came. They had the undefeated year. Didn't win. Didn't win against the Giants in 12. They didn't win for 10 seasons. At that point, when you're 37, it's like, it's about, it's like, think about it. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't much older than that. And the sense is, Oh yeah, he's, he's it's been a good ride. It's been a good ride. Maybe over under. Does he win one? Does he win one more? It's Aaron, like a pick him. Yeah, you know, you were, I was saying a couple years ago it would have been a pick yes. him, um, which would have been commensurate with the thirty-seven. Right. Since then, 
At that point, if Brady retires at a normal age, Bradshaw retired before that, a lot of people did, he wouldn't, wouldn't be in the conversation for the best ever. He just wouldn't be. I was thinking back to something that you you said on SOV when we were doing the Fox show, that if you pieced apart Brady's career mm. in his 20s, his 30s, and 40s, all three of them are Hall of Fame careers. I would agree with that, especially his, his if you go from his, mm. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting point. He won two Super Bowls in his 40s after after every other quarterback is supposed to be like just dead. He and Mahomes he won two have Super had Bowls. comparable careers the last five years. That's a great way to that's an, Yeah, that's, won, that is. And he won an MVP at age 40. Yeah, you look at it, I mean his forties pretty much run parallel to Mahomes' years as a starter, mm-hmm. and 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 what Mahomes has one MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Well, still yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 one Super Bowl. I guess he just has more Super Bowls. He's got two versus Mahomes' is one. So Mahomes wins this year, then he's even with time. Brady. Yeah, yeah. Mahomes yeah. could go play base. He could lose the, the, this game, go play baseball, and he's going to the Hall of Fame. I agree with that, which kind of makes the point of Brady had three different Hall of Fame careers. Yeah. But it is pretty amazing that you could make the case that who's been the best quarterback during the Mahomes era, it and could be Brady. He's in the conversation for sure. Yeah. yeah. Or Rodgers, just without the Super Bowls. He's on the Mount. Br- wow. Brady's certainly on the Mount Rushmore of the. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I tell you this, it's not Herbs. No. Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had more. He had more. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had the same amount of playoff appearances this year. Yeah. yeah or no wins, but all right. Um, but then he wins at age 37, 39, 41, 43. So he won more Super Bowls after from 37 on than before 37. That was a different. I remember way back at Grantland, Bill Barnwell, and this was before they won. He won age 37. And he says, if you would look at Brady's career in reverse, so year one was that year, mm-hmm. let's say, which would have been maybe right before he won, maybe his age 36 year, maybe. And then his second year was 35. Imagine he'd be into his 10th year, he hadn't won a Super Bowl. Mm. And what would people have been saying? They would have said, oh my God, this guy's a regular season guy, not as good as Peyton Manning, but regular season, and he chokes in the playoffs. He's a choker in the playoffs. Like it'd be a decade that that would be a fair narrative. He would have won two MVPs in that span. Yeah, and yeah, no and Super Bowls, no Super Bowls. So, and he would have lost a couple of Super Bowls, right? The mm-hmm. undefeated year, the other Giants year. Was that was that the only two? Uh, yeah he w- he would have lost because the, the Philly was he, the other loss. He would have lost the two Giants years. Yeah, so two zero oh and two in the Super. Remember, for those a little older, John Elway before he won those last one two, he was zero oh for three in the Super Bowl, and all it was was he's a choke artist. He's a right, you know. Yeah, like like you're talking about the narrative. It's like I, this wasn't the narrative I grew up in. On it was it was like Elway was not in the same conversation as Joe Montana. Joe Montana beats Elway forty eight to ten. You know, that, I mean, that's, I mean. The, the, yeah, but that, it was, Elway in a way was the Dan Marino of the 90s until he won the two. He was so good. And remember, he had, he was almost like LeBron before LeBron won his first title, where he was taking teams on his back that that, that literally had no one else good. He won so many close clutch games in the regular season that mattered and in the playoffs, you yeah. know, the, the drive, but the he, fumble. But then he'd get to the championship game and couldn't, he just was, he was outgunned. Oh, not just outgunned. He played poorly. I mean, the whole team was just horrendous in those Super Bowls. It was an embarrassment. And then he wins two, and the whole narrative's different. Exactly. So it is fascinating to think if we just reverse some stuff. He was catching 11 against Green Bay. <laughs> 11. And they didn't cover, did they? they no, 14, they won outright. Oh, oh, they that, first, that, that first year. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, you're right, yeah. I don't think, I, I don't. 
change any and my opinion about anything I said. I still think that Peyton Manning, for my money, is the quarterback that I don't want to give the football to with under two minutes left in the game on the line more than Tom Brady. As great as Tom Brady is, I think Peyton Manning, the cerebral nature of, of the way that he plays, there's a reason why he won five regular season MVPs. But remember, like it's easy to forget now because of the moment we're living in. Aaron Rodgers has often been that dude you don't want to give the ball to. Especially in a uh, Hail Mary situation. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is Well, like, I said that on the Dream but, Pod, that uh, Mahomes but, could be the guy in a couple of years. He could, he's, he's approaching that. But right now, I, I mean, would you— well, Right now in the league, there's no one I would give it to less than Mahomes. But Like right now, playing right now. I'm saying right now, it, it, prime Mahomes or, or prime, prime Manning. Manning. No, prime Manning. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess does, he, it, does he have Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne? Or? <laughs> I mean, it's prime, and we've got to give we got to give Tyree Kill back. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Uh, it's certainly not like Sky Moore. That's not fair to uh, yeah. To, but yeah, it, Kelsey it, is better than Dallas Clark, though. Uh, yes, yeah. Kelsey better than Dallas Clark. Um, this is. I think it's a great debate. I, I don't. I really don't think there's a wrong answer, and I, I think no. And sometimes I this isn't to, Gretzky. Yeah, like, I used to say uh, this all the, the best time. hockey player is Gordy Howe. No. Bullshit! It's Gretzky. Like so, it, I, I used to say this all the time, and I, I used to do it with the LeBron Jordan debate because everyone wants to have the LeBron Jordan debate, and I, I so I, I compared it to um, okay, the show Lost. Did you ever watch Lost? No. Yeah. I watched one episode, and I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. I well, stopped. because you were lost. Yes. So I, I love that show. A lot of people that stuck with it, especially after it went bonkers during the writer's strike, really loved it and enjoyed it. The ending was whatever. I would say it's not about the ending. It's about it, the ride. It's about the ride. It's about the journey. It's about everything that, that, that you experienced going uh, on this journey with this show. It doesn't matter how it ended. Also, the comparison I'm trying to make here with the debates and this, this, these, you know, arguments is it doesn't matter what the answer is. The fact that you can ask the question is all that matters. If you could legitimately ask the question, is Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Joe Montana or John Elway the greatest single quarterback of all time, it doesn't matter what the answer is because the question is valid. Yeah. You can't say, like, I can't ask the question, is Eli Manning or Tom Brady the greatest quarterback that ever played? That's a dumb question. But I can ask, is Peyton Manning or, or Tom Brady? I can ask, is LeBron James or Michael Jordan the best basketball player to ever live? I can't ask, is Stephon Marbury or Michael Jordan the best basketball player that ever lived? Right. So the fact that you can ask the question is all you need. I've always, I've often said this, like, there's very By the way, few, shout out Steph. There's very few guys in sports that are undisputed and as great as Brady is like, if you say greatest, uh, you know, greatest winner, of greatest all time. winner, I, I think that's probably undisputed. I mean, he's, he's got more Super Bowl rings yeah. than everybody, but if you say who's the greatest quarterback, I think there's a discussion to be had. Like, like I said, Gretzky, I think there's no discussion. That might be it. Like, I, like there's Mariano Rivera, greatest closer of all time. End of discussion. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Uh, but I mean, it's a, it's a very select few people mm -hmm. and there's people who will say, well, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, the best wide receiver. Now, I don't know. Like if you said one game, would you rather be thrown to Randy Moss or Jerry Rice? And one game where they had to be, they were fully focused and motivated. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's maybe, tough. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's maybe a discussion Moss, yeah. to be had. Yeah. Like I've always said, Randy Moss was 
he was if God, God built a wide receiver and said, "Yeah, that's him." That's yeah. Randy Moss. But then Randy Moss didn't care about football. But you know what's crazy? Like, like you can you can make legit arguments about any player based on skill set. Sure, I could argue if I had one NFL game to win for my life, you know, the proverbial gun to the head. Can I get Michael Vick in his prime at quarterback? <laughs> like with today's rules, like you know, like it's just it's like, what is he gonna do? You, you know? know what? What you just said is is pretty apt because on the pod that we did last night, RJ, of course, he took his five minutes to bust my balls about Justin Herbert. Clearly, and Justin, I think Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. I think Joe Burrow's a great quarterback. Yes, I think they're different, and I think they're different completely. Like mm-hmm. they're great in very different ways. I think Joe Burrow has like a moxie to him where his teammates probably feel like he's going to win because that's what he's done historically. Is Does he do all the quarterback things better than Justin Herbert? I would say he does almost none of the quarterback mm-hmm. things better than Justin Herbert. But he has he has a different kind of – and his he's been better. Yeah. Like he's had a better career to date. There's no denying it. But, like, it, it all matters what you value in your players. And, like – if you say, well, who's who's better, this guy or this guy? Any given day, I don't know. Like, this guy's got the skill set to be better. This guy's got the mindset to be better. Like, I mean, Jerry Rice is the best example. Jerry Rice, if he didn't care about football as much as he did, he would have been just a guy. Yeah. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, that's not the kind of guy who can just show up. He didn't have the body. He didn't have the speed. He didn't have any of the stuff to just show up and say, I'm better than everybody. Watch this. It doesn't work that way. A great example to me was Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams, if he cared about football, like if it was like the third most important thing to him, mm-hmm. Ricky Williams could have been one of the best running backs that ever played football. Stay off the damn weed. Ricky Williams, like, <laughs> prioritized, say. He prioritized football so low in yeah. his life. It's almost a miracle that he was as good as he was. Because he just didn't, not only didn't like prioritize, he didn't like playing football. Boy, Mike Ditka made a mistake on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, what do you value? Like, is it physical tools? Is it mental toughness? Whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it, whatever you as a, as a fan or a person or a GM or whatever, whatever you value, that's how you're going to decide who, who you think is the best. And I don't think... I, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer when you're asking someone's opinion like that. And I think Brady, Manning, mm-hmm. Montana, Elway, I don't know how long the list gets. Marino, maybe. Like I don't I don't know. But I know it's a pretty short list. Mm-hmm. And Brady's certainly gotta be one of the first couple names mentioned. Yeah. And you know, Patrick Mahomes may be getting to that pretty quickly as well. But. I would agree. Well, the one thing we cannot deny that if it wasn't for Mo Lewis, Tom Brady would not have had a career. So Mo Lewis was the Jets linebacker that yeah. knocked out Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, good move. Yeah, and as a Jets fan, that's typical. <laughs> it's our fault. It's our, it's our fault. The Jets' yeah. fault. Uh, so Tom Brady finally called another quits quarterback ruined by the Jets after 23 <laughs> seasons, and uh, I anticipate we will see him next week on the Super Bowl broadcast. Now, here's my question. Will we ever see a player accomplish the things Brady did? No. No one's going to play 23 years. No one's going to win seven Super Bowls. Because the, I mean, it feels like if if anybody's going to play twenty three years, it'll be in the future. Like if if but guys don't have to, they make more money and they retire earlier. That's it's, true. It's it's never going to happen. No one's playing twenty three years in the NFL anymore. Okay. I I, it's, I just think that you're. I think you're probably right that no one no one does it. 
but it feels like we're moving into an era where it's it's more possible than ever. Like the quarterbacks are protected more than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right; they, they're probably done making money by the by by year eighteen. They're like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, like Aaron Rodgers is a great example. A guy who's like, yeah, I'm 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 all right. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes in five more years. We'll have more money. He doesn't need to, and, and probably have a couple more Super Bowls. He can just call it quits, and he'll be feel pretty good about his life. Yeah. A couple of quick NFL news and notes. You might have seen a headline yesterday floating around about Eagles offensive lineman indicted on rape charges, and it's a it's 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 going to affect the Super Bowl. It's not. Josh Sills. Who, who is, is the, Josh Sills? He's a practice squad player. He's appeared in one game. For the Eagles. He's a practice squad player who uh, was indicted on these charges. This is an event. This is uh, from an incident that occurred in December of 2019. It wasn't even on the Eagles. And this is not, it's like, this is something where it happens every year around the Super Bowl. Reporters dig up stuff that involves players in the Super Bowl and they put it out there because they know it's going to get uh, clicks. There was no reason to write this article. Uh, I don't think anybody cares. It's not going to affect the Super Bowl. It's not going to affect anything. Um, the legal system will play out, you know, and and whatever happened, happened. If he was, uh, if he is proven to be guilty, then suffer the punishments. That's it. It's the end yeah. of story. This guy, the Eagles have, you know, they said they were aware of the situation. They did all this stuff, whatever. Uh, the NFL placed them on the exempt list. Like I said, this was a, this is a practice squad player. This is not a player that was even on the Eagles' radar to suit up for the Super Bowl. Uh, He appeared in one game back in October against the Arizona Cardinals. So, hey, anybody that got clicks on the article today, though, congratulations. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I don't, I'm not worried about him. No, uh, not so worried. I don't think it affects the game. Yeah. Elsewhere, Kyle Shanahan uh, reportedly saying that there's going to be, you know, a, a split between the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and this, I mean, it makes sense. Last year, Jimmy Garoppolo was under contract with the team. They tried to trade him, didn't get necessarily what they wanted, and then Trey Lance got hurt, so it made sense to keep him. Mm-hmm. This year he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it doesn't make much sense uh, for, for them to go after Garoppolo again. They've, they've got options, and you assume if they add another option, which is still certainly a possibility, that it is a cheaper veteran option than what Jimmy Garoppolo will be because you're invested in Trey Lance already. If Brock Purdy turns out to be what you hope he is, you're going to eventually have to invest in him. If anything, they're looking for a a short-term answer. Mm-hmm. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go. Some, some team is going to say, Jimmy Garoppolo, you want to be our starting quarterback. Yeah. And I think that's fair for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think he deserves that at this point. Uh, and but it's just not going to be the 49ers. So and I like that Kyle Shanahan's not like mincing words about mm-hmm. it. He's just saying no, and that's that's not really that's not what we're looking at right now. Yeah. And speaking of former 49er quarterbacks, condolences go out to C.J. Beathard uh, for the loss of his grandfather, Bobby Beathard, NFL Hall of Famer, one of the greatest scouts in, in really in NFL history, an incredible executive. Uh, he built four Super Bowl teams, had a lot of success with Joe Gibbs uh, in Washington, and uh, you know was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2018. Bobby Beathard passed away at the age of 86. Another note that we kind of hinted that this was probably the way it was going to go, the Dallas Cowboys uh, confirmed that Mike McCarthy will be calling plays next year. 
Mm-hmm. No surprise, uh, after they moved on from Kellen Moore, it, we said, well, who's going to call plays for him? I said, it'll be McCarthy, because what McCarthy's done now is bought himself some more time. He used one more body as a shield. <laughs> And now that shield is gone. He's going to call the plays himself. And if this doesn't work, well, now we know Mike McCarthy's not good enough to coach the Cowboys. Uh, this is the first time that a Cowboys coach, is, a head coach, has called plays since 2012 when Jason Garrett was doing it. And um, we're going to see. We're going to see if it works. He says he's going to go to the West Coast offense that they used in Green Bay. Okay. Uh, and he says it, it. That's what Jerry Jones said. It will be in principle the way he operated in Green Bay, which I'm sure he'll tell you evolved. All right, good for him. Uh, other good news around the league: Tua has cleared concussion protocol. Oh, just like four weeks too late. Yes, just in time for the Pro Bowl flag football game that he will not attend. Oh, thank God. Uh, Tua is not going to be. Imagine at if he the attended that, games. got hurt. Oh, yeah. no, he's not. He was named the first alternate to the Pro Bowl games. He is not going to appear despite having cleared concussion protocols. So uh, I-, I think Tua really has to look seriously at his future. In, in the in the NFL. I think we it, said when this happened, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to continue playing. Um, but I'm not a medical doctor. I, I assume that they've got they've got people looking out for his best interests. I hope that that's the case. But you're right. It doesn't feel like anybody who's had like the the head injuries that Tua had even just this year. And who knows if he had one before this year. But just this year, it feels like that's enough. Big day in college football yesterday, National Signing Day. Um, it's a little different now, AJ, lately because there's um, they they over the past couple of years they've initiated the early signing period, which is in December or so. So it's not the same as it used to be, where like all the all your recruits on National Signing Day would have their press conferences with the hats, and it would be a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The early signing period has changed everything because. Um, guys want to get in school early. They want to enroll early. They want to be there for spring classes so you can be there for spring practice. And then by the time the fall rolls around, you've been you're you've already been in the system practicing for months. You get a leg up of playing right away as a freshman, as opposed to declaring now you don't get you don't enroll in school until the fall. So by the time you get to training camp in, in the late summer, you're behind the eight ball. So early signing period has kind of become the way to go, getting to school early. But here's what we know. Alabama's got the number one class in the nation. Eighth time since Nick Saban took over that Alabama's got the number one class. 23 of the top 300 uh, on ESPN's 300 go to Alabama. 23. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes, it makes sense. Um, but probably the, the biggest news of National Signing Day was the results for Coach Prime. Deion Sanders has pulled in the number 23 overall recruiting class, the highest recruiting class at Colorado in 15 years, including two five-star recruits. This is in addition to what he has already done in the transfer portal. So Dion is building a team right now in Colorado that honestly, they might compete right away. And I'm not talking about competing for like maybe a conference title, but they're going to win games, especially if it's, you know, 
his son at quarterback. I think you're going to get an inflated win total number on you Colorado. You have to be, yeah. And I'm going to look be. to bet the under. Okay. I, I they were they're just so they were so devoid of talent, mm-hmm. and even with the additions that he brought in in year one, it's hard to catch up. Think about the defense, like. It, Cormani McLean and Travis Hunter, two five-star recruit cornerbacks, could be the the the, the linchpins of your secondary. For you know, it's, I agree. But how often are how many team how many times have you seen a a contending team with two freshman corners? It doesn't happen. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> did did Sauce Gardner and and Kobe Bryant start together as freshmen at Cincinnati? I don't know. That's a good question. I have but to the, go back I mean, and look. Yeah. But you know what? When they did, they weren't competing. Sure. So yeah. it, it's these guys, it takes time to mature. And if those dudes are still there in, in three years, then you might be on to something. But year one, if I'm not looking to buy on any team based on what they brought in in this recruiting mm-hmm. class. Yeah, usually take usually give coaches three classes yeah. to see what they can build. But right now, uh, Deion Sanders has gotten off to an incredible start at Colorado. Top 10, Alabama, number one. Number two, Georgia, right behind them. Uh, it's, I mean, it was very close, actually. Like I mentioned, uh, 23 of the top 300 to Alabama, 21 of the top 300 to Georgia. Mm-hmm. That's 44 of the top 300. Yeah. Oh, boy, to two SEC schools. Number three, Texas. Yeah. Well, Texas, they got Arch Manning. So yeah, it was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the number five overall in the country. Uh, got the top linebacker in the country as well. Oklahoma at four. You know what? Not bad. Uh, all things considered. Well, not bad when they lost uh, Malachi Nelson. They they recruited well and got Jackson Arnold, who is one of the top quarterback prospects in the country. But if I had told you that year one under Venables would go the way that it did, mm-hmm. would you expect the recruiting to be this good? No, but usually, I, but Venables is a good recruiter. That's he, true. He did well at Clemson, and he, now he's doing well here at Oklahoma. Uh, Miami number five, LSU number six. A lot of the usual suspects. Uh, Notre Dame number seven, Oregon eight, Ohio State nine, Clemson ten. Uh, Texas A&M, who's been near the top the last couple years, was at 12. USC was at 13. Notably, Michigan down at 17. Mm. By the way, this kid Malachi Nelson, who's going to be at USC, who followed Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, he's special. He's he's the number one quarterback recruit in the country. Number one quarterback recruit in the entire – number one recruit – in the entire class, yeah, that changed because if I this time three or four months ago it was Arch Manning, like, mm-hmm. so I don't know what happened. I mean, maybe it's over the course of their senior year, but yeah, I, I know Arch Manning was the number one overall player, uh, at least with rivals uh, when the season started. I don't know how much it changes over the course of the season, but yeah, it does look like they've got they've got a good one out there at USC, which no surprise USC usually gets highly recruited <laughs> quarterbacks. You think? Uh, the question is, do they pan out? And it seems to be about a coin toss. 6'3", 182 right now, this kid. Okay. Got some growing to do. Yeah, you can put some weight on. Got to put some weight on. Some good ones in college hoops last night. Uh, number one, Purdue took care of business 80-60. to 60. No sweat there. Xavier took overtime to beat Providence 85-83. Man, I said, well, I'm glad I'm not betting road favorites. Tennessee felt really short and came up really short. Florida, 67. Tennessee, 54. Took care of business. 
Auburn 94-73 winners over Georgia. And this one will probably be on Scott Van Pelt's bad beats. Marquette 73, Villanova 64, spread was eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Villanova with a missed dunk at the end of the game. Nice. Uh, probably goes down 199 out of 200 times. <laughs> and this time it did not. As they say, that mattered to some. Uh, tonight on the court, Florida Atlantic, 21-1 and Florida Atlantic. On the road, it is a pick against UAB. Borderline system play here. Borderline, Borderline. but is it's it a, a play? It's a pick It's a pick But if we see UAB pop up as the favorite, it's a system now play. Now you know. Because now you got an unranked favorite against a ranked opponent. But right away, this line is sketchy as heck. you got a 21-1 team that's 11-0 in conference, and the spread is even? And UAB been without their best player, Jelly Walker, for a while now. So Well, uh... I don't think you're ready for this Jelly, because UAB's winning this game. Okay. Well, I, if, if it's, are you saying it's a full-blown system play now? Once UAB goes to minus one, it is. All right. Uh, one, the, the third-ranked Houston Cougars, don't worry, not a system play. They are favored by 12-and-a-half at Wichita State. UCLA favored by 17-and-a-half, hosting Washington. Arizona, a nine-point favorite against Oregon. Gonzaga, minus 13-and-a-half, hosting Santa Clara. And St. Mary's, minus 13, hosting the Dons of San Francisco. In the NBA last night, the Celtics jumped out to a 30-point lead in the first quarter against the Nets. 46-16 at the end of the first quarter. Not ideal. They drilled eight (laughs) three-pointers in the first quarter of the game. They finished 26 of 54 from three-point range. Oh, boy. As they blew out the Nets 139-96. to That's one of those that, like... If you have a Nets ticket, at least you didn't have to sweat. Yeah, you just ripped it up after the first oh quarter. My God. That's it. Ripped it up after the first quarter. Uh, elsewhere, you want to talk about in overtime, the Timberwolves, a 119-114 win over the Warriors. The Kings just keep winning and covering, 119-109 over the Spurs. The Wizards-Pistons game was postponed. The Wizards uh, had travel issues because of an ice storm. They were unable to fly home for their game against the Wizards due to the ice storm in Dallas. Thousands of flights grounded. It was just terrible. I'm sure Texas, when like the weather gets bad like this, the whole state just shuts oh, down. Oh, panic, yeah. yeah. So here's what's going to happen. The Pistons, they spent seven hours at the Dallas airport, then returned to the hotel. They have back-to-back home games Friday and Saturday against Charlotte and Phoenix. Do we bet against them in both those games? In both. I don't know. I don't know how this works. Uh, it, it feels like it's Maybe certainly... Friday we bet against them? I, I would think that the early game would probably be the game to fade them because yeah. this is a frustrating deal, I'm sure. It's It's got to be. Uh, let's take a look at the game. Whichever game wasn't previously scheduled, whichever game is, is the, the makeup spot, well, I think it. Well, I think this was. Are they? Have, are they not making this up yet? I don't think they. I don't know. If they're so the, this up. they already had the Friday Saturday scheduled, and this happened. Yeah, because they were supposed. Oh, to, they were supposed to play Wednesday, then off Friday day, and Thursday, Saturday. then a back to back Friday and Saturday, right? So they'll make this up at the end of the season, I guess, if they need to. I guess. Oh boy, haven't seen anything about the uh, the, the schedule, but yeah, uh, Friday they play the Hornets, and then on Saturday 
they play the Suns. Yeah. So the game against yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the rescheduled game here that got postponed against the Wizards. But let's take a look at what's on the schedule tonight. Lakers, one and a half point favorites at the Pacers. Your Cavaliers, four and a half point favorites <laughs> yeah, at home losing. against They're the Grizz. They're not mine. I'm done with them. The Knicks. Home dogs to the Heat, Miami, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Bulls are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Hornets. Dallas laying four-and-a-half at home against the Pelicans. Milwaukee, four-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Clippers. And the Nugs, 11-and-a-half-point favorites over the Warriors. There is no NHL games tonight because we Take have a day hit, off. Take a day off. We have hit the All-Star break. So two games last night, Hurricanes, a 5-1 win over the Sabres. Bruins beat the Maple Leafs 5-2. So no games tonight. Friday night in Sunrise, Florida will be the skills competition. I haven't seen any announcements yet on the participants in the skills competition. I'm hoping that tomorrow you've got a winner for the people in this skills competition. I hope they announce it and you can give us a give us a a best bet on the show who's going to win one of these competitions. I'm curious. It's, I want to I want to tell you. So it's going it's going to be announced today. I got to believe it's going to be announced today. We're going to find out who is going to be in the skills competition because the one the, you can only bet on you know, you can only really bet on fastest skater. It's like the one you can bet on. So this is uh, what I am really hoping to see. Obviously, I, I feel like we're going to see Connor McDavid. Um, he's the guy who won it three times. Did it lost it last year? Jordan Cairo of the Blues won it last year. Thirteen point five five seconds around the ice. So curious to see what we're going to have in the skills competition. Here's what we do know: This was announced yesterday. Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin will compete in the NHL Breakaway Challenge, which is the the trick shot competition, together. How about that? How cool is that going to be? I don't know how I feel about that. They will compete as a team. It's like a pair's figure skating? I guess. Will one of them pick the other and spin them around? Maybe. Oh, now I'm interested. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Crosby is also going to be doing the Dunk Tank Challenge with uh, Nathan McKinnon. I hate the Col- Colorado. I hate this. Yeah. So it's going to be nice and fun. The uh, event is um, going to be re- really something special. Here's an interesting nugget. Bo Horvat, who was the captain of the Vancouver Canucks, was traded to the Islanders. He will remain on the Pacific Division All-Star team. So he's going to play for the Pacific Division. He will be announced as a player for the Pacific Division. However, during the skills competition, he will be wearing an Islanders reverse retro jersey because he is now a member of the Islanders. Mm-hmm. So you, know, you switch leagues, switch divisions, you're not playing for the All-Star team, whatever. So we'll find out what's going to be going on here at the skills competition. I'll, place, uh, I'll, I'll tweet some things out, and I'll certainly give out to the skills competition bets to any of my followers up on pregame.com. Speaking of pregame.com, guys, sign up. What are you waiting for? If you're not a member, go ahead. Get your free $25. Go sign up. Pregame.com. It's free to sign up. Take your free $25. And take 20% off all of you pregame.com members. Anything you'd like at the website, 
best bet package, season long, daily, whatever. Take 20% off. Use the promo code FLAG20. NFL flag football coming this Sunday right here in Las Vegas. It's the part of the Pro Bowl competition. Flag 20 is the promo code, 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. I'll repeat myself because it's Groundhog Day. 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. That first step's a doozy (laughs) for A.J. Hoffman. Mackenzie Rivers, Steve Fezzik, and of course, R.J. Bell. I'm Scott Sadler. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>